0: welcome back to the short game this is the welcome show to the gort where shame. it's the gort shame this is the gort shame where we discuss gort shames shames that'll take you about about a, a gort to complete a... <laughs> a long weekend we're gonna be discussing are a... you keeping that <laughs> who knows i don't care this show you know whatever it's all right nobody's listening <laughs> the short game. Uh, This is a show where we, uh, well, whatever. This is the show. This is the short game. You know this show. You've listened to this before. I'm really bad at intros, so I'm not going to do one this week.
1: Start it over. Let's all take a deep breath. All right,
0: hang on. I'm going to do the intro. All right, do it. Since you can't. Roll it. Because I'm messing with you. You're horrible. Welcome to the short game. It's a show about short video games that we play in a short amount of time. It's not a a game show for short people. (laughs) That is accurate. We are not a game show about short people. We are a a short show about game people. This week on The Short Game, we actually are playing a game about short people, but they're short because they're young, not because of some kind of... Careful. Careful. Special (laughs) medical condition. (laughs) (laughs) This is true, and this week we are discussing uh, Indie... I guess, adventure (laughs) game. Um, Would you call this an adventure? Yeah, it's absolutely adventure. Action adventure puzzle game. Action
1: adventure puzzler. Action adventure puzzler, for sure. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Brothers, Department of Redundancy Department. Thank you. I thought it was an incredibly redundant title as well.
0: Yeah, and it was a big turnoff for me. I did not think the title would be... The title, to me... Made me think of, like, A Tale of Two Cities, and I was like, uh, (laughs) that sounds boring as hell. Spoiler alert, I liked the game, but the title needs work, and I think (laughs) it's because the game uh, isn't made by Americans, it's made by Swedes, and maybe they don't pick up on the weirdness of calling the game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, as opposed to, for example, Brothers, A Tale of Two Completely Unrelated People,
1: (laughs) Yeah, just brothers. A tale would actually probably have been fine. That would have been totally fine. Or just brothers. Really, just brothers. Would yeah. Have been fine. There's a lot of stuff named just brothers, though. They probably needed a a secondary part. But um, well, yeah, it really doesn't do the uh like the eloquence of the game justice because it is a it's a gorgeous game.
0: It's a very pretty game. But yeah, like uh, right out of the gate, the title needs work. Well, Reagan, you know what the uh, the title is in the original Swedish? What's that? Brothers is a tale of two sons. <laughs> they just named it in English. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So the game company, which is called Starbreeze, and I had never heard of them before and I don't know anything about them, but they're from Sweden. So there you go. They worked with Lebanese Swedish film director Yosef Fares. Who I also don't know anything about, and I probably should have uh, researched this before the show, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Anyway. Well, they're involved in the reboot of Syndicate. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Yosef Faris and Starbreeze uh, worked to produce the game, and uh, Faris relates the story of the game, which we'll be discussing in detail somewhat before and then mostly after the spoiler break he relates it to his own difficult childhood growing up in civil war torn lebanon before his family emigrated to sweden interesting fact thanks
1: wikipedia you can kind of tell that there i mean war is absolutely a theme that goes through the whole thing um, particularly in one act which i'm sure we'll get to and mm-hmm. And it's a it's a game that really kind of reflects the
0: horror of of being a child in difficult situations like a war, and uh, I think it does a good job there. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that as we get more into the plot. But um, let's before we dive too deeply into talking about Brothers, a tale of redundant titles. Um, how are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, haven't had a ton of time for video games this week, been doing a lot of music stuff. but
0: Yeah, tell uh, me about what's coming up for you this week, because it sounds really cool.
1: Well, we're doing an event called an undercover weekend, which is basically a glorified night of cover sets. But uh, basically, a ton of bands apply for it. They do two nights, five bands each night, and each band takes on the persona of of one band and does a half hour set of their music. So we've all seen cover bands and whatnot before, but what's really nice about this is that the, the team that kind of created it and the venue that is hosting it really go all out with it. There's tons of promotion. They have like special lighting people and the bands that get picked really decide to commit to it. So you don't generally see like some just awful, awful sets. Everybody really goes for it.
0: Have you been so- in the past?
1: Yeah, we've done it twice before. Um Oh, you've about, done it
0: before. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, this is their 8th year. I've done it uh in a previous band which is the same group of people right now but just different songs and one other dude. Um we did a Tears for Fears set. Oh, that sounds awesome. I love yeah, those. Guys. It was pretty awesome. And then we did before that, we did an Alanis Morissette set. set. <laughs> and um <laughs> it's ironic. Uh, Uh, that was awesome. Uh, both of them were pretty good, but this year we decided to, uh, kind of step up our game and we chose LCD sound system, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, but a notorious, notoriously huge live set. They will have between 12 to 14 or 15 people at their uh, shows from time to time. And we're a three piece. So we decided to bring in some extra hands. We've got three people joining us. And there's usually about 400 or so people in attendance for this show. It generally sells out. And we're um, one of the co-headliners. Uh, the band after us is doing Rage Against the Machine, which is going to be pretty awesome. Cool. Cool. Um, Yeah, and it's tomorrow night, so by the time you guys are listening to this, it will have either already gone very well, and I'm super excited, or it went terribly. And Um, we will never speak of it again. Yeah, but uh, very excited. It's going to be... I'm playing guitar, and I haven't played guitar in front of people in like seven or eight years, and so that's a uh, kind of a challenge. And no pressure, but you have to play as well as the guys in LCE Sound System. Yeah,
0: I know. One problem I find with this whole event, though, is that I think the best part of cover bands are pun names, and it doesn't sound like you guys have them.
1: No, some people do that. They don't, like, so the way it's, the way this is promoted, it's also supposed to just promote St. Louis music, so all the, um, like, the band name, the actual band name is always very much alongside who's cover you know the band that that they're covering it's all over the place it's supposed to like promote these bands i think with alanis morissette we all had our hair was much messier i mean and so we were i think we were shaggy little pill or something like that (laughs) Um, so coming up soon uh,
0: Bearhive plays lcd sound system um i hope there will be some kind of a record of this occurring so that i can check it out at a great distance i don't
1: know i think we're gonna definitely have some video which doesn't necessarily do the sound justice yeah but we'll see hopefully they do a recording of it yeah cool and then we get sued by lcd sound system
0: that will happen
1: All right. Well, I mean,
0: uh, I have been uh, working hard at my J.O.B. type job, and uh, I've also been playing a few games here and there. I've uh, been playing some games on the Retron 5, which has been great, diving into some uh, games that I had always meant to play and never had, like uh, like Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and some other stuff.
1: Like Um, our good friend David, you're clearing through your backlog.
0: I am, I am. And um, speaking of retro games, I'm really excited to talk about next week's show. That is if our uh, episode ordering holds true, which I think it will, um, but we always sometimes have the possibility of shuffling things around a bit. Next week, if all goes to plan, uh, when you're hearing this, um, our next episode will be uh, another interview show. And we're going to be having on as guests uh, Gary Butterfield and Cole Ross of the absolutely excellent Retro Video Games podcast, Watch Out for Fireballs. Um, you guys have heard me talk a little bit about um, some other gaming podcasts on this, uh, on this show. Um, but I'd say my top two video game podcasts, the only two that I do not miss an episode of, are Retronauts and Watch Out for Fireballs. And they are both phenomenal. And Watch Out for Fireballs, if you haven't heard it, is a really casual, relaxed tone, but it's a really competent discussion of retro video games. And in a lot of ways, they inspired what we do here. Watch out for fireballs is a game where they pick one game per week always retro games and sometimes they vary it up a little bit and they'll do like a couple of very short or uh, mechanically simple games Um, but basically they pick one game per week uh, and they play through it and then they talk through the whole game and talk about what makes the game great some of the mechanics that really work for the game, but they also have really smart criticisms about maybe why some certain parts of the game doesn't work. And I really admire their their structure.
1: Ideally what we do every week.
0: Yeah, except they're <laughs> doing old games and we're doing, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. And their games are, are not necessarily short. I really liked uh, listening recently to their, I was trying to go back and catch up because I've not been a regular listener of theirs, but I, I will be now. Because I started listening at the Sonic the Hedgehog episode, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. Sonic the Hedgehog three, I think, was the episode, and um, I I thought they had some really great things to say about the game. Thing, it's a game that I grew up with, so I've never really questioned it on a mechanical level, and so they had some interesting stuff to say about it. But what really took me by surprise, I did not know this. Listen, going into this first episode that I was listening to, but they start everything with a sketch, and and this. <laughs> This, But I was very confused by this one, because I think they just started off by reading some uh, very erotically charged Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction, and I was <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of unsure of what I was getting into. Maybe don't start with that episode.
1: Is this what you're into, Reagan?
0: It's what, uh, it's what I'm into now. I'm not going to talk about that on the air.
1: First, that weird little Japanese flower game or whatever it is that you like. Oh,
0: jeez. I really wanted to get my ring from Sonic. <laughs> Uh, which was a reference that you will get if you listen to that horrible first 10 minutes of that episode. Um, But yeah, uh, definitely check out. watch out for Fireballs if you're not already listening to it because, frankly, they're a better show than we are. You should totally check them out. They're fantastic. I'm really honored they're going to be coming on our show. I'm going to be asking them a little bit about how they pick their games and uh, how they fit playing these games into their lives uh, because they play... One game a week, and they're not short games. They are some of these very long or interesting, complex retro video games. So, if you like retro games, definitely check out. Watch out for Fireballs, and check us out next week when we're going to be talking with the hosts.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking through their uh, through their list right now. Um, they did they've done some episodes on some games we've done. So there's a Cave Story episode. Mm-hmm. There's a Dishonored episode, which I know is in our our. Um, our queue, our but I'm really interested in the Mario Golf slash Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 episode.
0: I listened to that one recently and it's phenomenal. They really talk yeah. about um, Mario Golf and they're talking about the entire series of Mario Golf games, uh, primarily focusing on the N64 outing, but I'm an enormous fan of the Game Boy Color version of Mario Golf and also the Game Boy Advance one, um, so that was a fun one for me. And then they talked a lot about Um, Tony Hawk in a way that kind of gave me an appreciation for it that I never had before because I've never
1: really enjoyed those games oh man those were those games were a big part of my uh, early mid-teens as you guys might not know this there was a several year period of my life where I was a skater and (laughs) so I wore baggy hoodies with Vans logos and I hung out uh, behind the Walgreens with my skateboard I was awful though um, I had some good friends who got like sponsored and stuff, but I just kind of piled around and fell,
0: fell a lot. You know, I really aspired to that at a certain stage of my life, but I could never even really truly stand up on a skateboard. Um, it was horrible. So, um, I actually built, uh, I thought I could reinvent the skateboard. So for a, uh, science fair project, I, I got a, I remember this, that was in elementary school. A big like twenty pound thing of compressed air, and a and a, a compressed air powered wrench, and I hooked the compressed air powered wrench up to a foot pedal on the skateboard, and I ran it down to the wheels, so I created my own compressed air powered motorized skateboard. That That's awesome. Uh, you like it won okay. a, a science fair project. I, I with did it, didn't win I? an award for this in, in school. Yeah, it was. Uh, you could go for about a block and a half, and then you would have to take the the air tank back to the compressor and refill it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. I mean, that's way and it
0: weighed more than all of my textbooks <laughs> because the back the air tank was in the backpack.
1: About three years ago, me and a bunch of my friends thought we could be skaters again. I guess we were all just a fit of nostalgia and went and bought skateboards. And I think I broke my ankle, so oh. <laughs> so there's that.
0: Tony Hawk, it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should go back and. Re- my point being is, you should go and work on your pneumatic or your air compressor <laughs> skateboard again.
0: I don't know. In my neighborhood where I live now, all of the kids that I see are on little like razor scooters. And the ones who I guess have parents that love them better than the others have the electric-powered razor scooters. And Shane, I think they're uh, they're really stealing your thunder. There are there are tons of them, and uh, I'll just be walking my dog, and there'll be a chubby kid like uh <laughs> particularly course, the chubby of kid. course it's the chubby kid. ride in ride in the electric powered razor kid scooter and they they do they all do this move where they like turn on the electric part and then they kind of crouch down on the scooter so that of course they will be like a better target for cars to not see <laughs> and uh and like totter like wheelie back and forth it's it's just bizarre and also irritating damn kids uh, my new house that I'm buying is so close to the light rail that will get me to my job that I've actually considered buying one of those fat kid scooters. Oh, nice. Do it. Dude, I think you should go for it. You're at an age now where you don't have to have pride. I don't.
1: Anyway, you do what you want. Do what feels good. Ah, oh, feels good, man. Let's get back to Let's get back to video
0: games. Who likes video games? I like them. I like some video games, and I really liked Brothers. So, before we dive in, too much talking about its many fine qualities and some lamentable defects. Um, What were your overall opinions about the
1: game? I liked it a lot. I loved this game. Yeah, I thought it was... Yeah. This was one of the most... I don't know if beautiful is the right word, because I feel like that word doesn't really mean anything as much anymore. But it, it really was one of the most stunning... Games I've played in it's a long a, time. It's an
0: emotionally affecting game. Maybe not quite well, on the level of something like Gone Home,
1: but I think it. it no, but I mean like it the had combination some of incredibly visuals. striking imagery. Yeah, the visuals, the sound, the story was was good, was fine. I I did find myself attached to the uh, to the to the two brothers for sure, but just the way the camera work goes, and as you're maneuvering your way through the world. Uh, the different landscapes, the way size becomes such an interesting mm-hmm. element, um, the way depth and uh, height yeah. becomes such a uh, an element, it, it, the scale of the game. It really, even though you only play for about three hours, you really feel like you've traveled a very long way. Mm-hmm. So let's set up the game for folks.
0: Um, Brothers is a... So first off, um, we can't talk about this game without probably constantly referencing... Eco, uh, which if you haven't played it, this game, uh, I- Eco is a uh, Eco is another puzzle-oriented adventure game. I don't know. I don't remember any dolphins in this game. <sighs> nah. Uh, Yawn. All right, um, Echo. it's a, it's very similar in a lot of ways to Echo, which is a game that I really, really love, and Shane, I know you love as well. But an I, not an E. That's right. Yes, I love that. I love Echo very much uh, because you know I I'm waiting with bated breath uh, for the Last Guardian. But I think this game suffers somewhat in comparison to Echo, but it's still a really good game. It's a uh, it's a game in which you control two brothers, uh, <laughs> a tale of two sons, who have tales. Ales. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. And at the beginning, at the beginning of the game, in some cutscene elements, you see the younger brother um, in a boat watching his mother drown, and uh, so clearly he's traumatized by that. And then a moment later, you're seeing the uh, the two brothers caring for their sick father who seems to be ailing from something you know incurable. So the two brothers in a visually fantasy-y kind of world, um, are setting out on a journey to find it would seem a cure or something something. The doctor gives them a map of something. I did not initially know that this game was gonna have fantastic elements in it until they until they arrived and that's one of the things i liked stylistically about the game was that the fantasy elements don't come in right away and they come in somewhat slowly yeah you don't start the game as a wizard in a robe with a wand you
1: yeah and they sprinkle them in as as a combination of like real actual fantasy things are happening and like some dream like sequences. So,
0: like Eco, this is a game that features two main characters, and in a sense you're controlling them both. Although, unlike Eco, you're directly controlling them both. Uh, You have simultaneous control of both of them. One on the left thumbstick, one on the right, which initially I thought would be completely maddening, and in in some cases it was, but uh, they, it's... They prevent you from really getting too far wrong, because you can't really drive these characters off of a cliff. Yeah, there's a lot of invisible walls, and they're really designed to kind of save your butt when things are difficult to control. Yeah, and if they get too far away from each other, one stops and yells at the other. Mm -hmm. So it feels a lot like playing a co-op game with yourself.
1: Yeah, it's. I I found it in like the real moments where um, some of the puzzles where you really had to control them together, I actually did really well. I thought it was pretty fluid and i had to think about it but i was it it was satisfying for some reason i just had a hard time just running around with them i would i was constantly bouncing off walls getting the two of them mixed up like when it was go time i was good but just traveling down a path that winded around a mountain i was constantly getting caught on stuff it was easy to get the two sticks mixed up i had to set myself up so that Left stick bro
0: was always on the left side. Right stick bro was always on the right side. For
1: some reason, too, I always felt like right stick should be big brother and left stick should be little brother. And I don't know if it's just because like I'm right hand dominant and makes sense for right stick to be big brother. But they aren't that way. They're the other way. And so I was constantly like trying. brother juggling. Yeah, just brother <laughs> juggling all day. And that said, this is a game that doesn't require a lot of
0: skill to play. None of the puzzles are particularly difficult. There's only one action button for each brother. So you're controlling it with one stick for the directional movement of each brother and one of your
1: triggers for each of the brothers. They
0: jump automatically when they reach a jumpable ledge.
1: Yeah, the controls, I don't think I've had a game that have had less controls.
0: <laughs> it's a very low skill barrier. But sometimes it's a higher barrier to execution. You know, things can sometimes be a little tricky. There are puzzles that involve somewhat precise uh, triggering of the two brothers' action triggers. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it can be a little tricky. Yeah, I think there were definitely puzzles and places around the game where you you were challenged to coordinate the efforts of both of the brothers in interesting ways. And we'll get into that as you go along. But, you know, different things like... One brother has to open a door for another brother with precise timing while the other brother run, runs through it
1: mm-hmm. yeah or one brother has to hold down a switch which is holding up one part while the other brother brother is on a moving element that has to jump to another moving element while you're holding one stick and I thought it was actually just the right amount of challenge because mm-hmm. I don't think that this game was necessarily about the challenge like I think in their hearts they wanted it to be a, a game about the journey, and they almost had to add a puzzle element to make it a game. I think to some degree, they would have been fine with you just running through the world they created with the two brothers.
0: I think that's true. I feel like this is a game that, and similar to Eco, although probably even more so here, this is a game that really prioritizes its emotional impact over anything else, including over having a challenging gameplay or having uh, an interesting uh even over having an interesting story although it does have a somewhat interesting story this is a game that really prioritizes its
1: emotional impact and its gorgeous visuals over all else yeah and the world it created i just can't get enough about how interesting this 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 world that they made and i don't want to get too much into it just yet but uh, yeah, it's it, got a very it, high
0: European fantasy feel to it. Absolutely,
1: and it was—it it kept catching me off guard. I
0: think it's definitely got the feel of like a Grimm's fairy tales style fantasy world.
1: Yeah, I could see that, and just the the way you progress through it, and the way everything looked, and the you know they they had these little park benches all throughout the game that you can sit on the park bench and just look at. Maybe a scene that you just went through or something that's coming up or just a nice little little scene. And I, every time I sat on them. I want to point something else
0: out about those that I found a little irritating because I played Eco and those park benches are a clear homage to Eco. Eco includes little benches that you can sit on as well. But Eco, like I feel like they they kind of lost the plot there. Like they, uh, I, I don't mean plot. I mean like they they got the form. Hey, we'll put benches in. There'll be a nice little relaxing moment where your brothers can look out at the uh, at the scenery. But in Eco, those benches, first of all, had a function. They were where you could save the game. Here the the game has auto-save, so they don't have that feature. But the other was that in Eco, they are a relaxing moment. You can sit your characters down there and look around. But in uh, in Brothers, you have to, Actively hold down the triggers in order to stay seated on the bench, which is so counterintuitive and also kind of like makes them not a relaxing experience. Like you, you're you performing the same action on the gamepad to sit on the bench that you perform to cling to a swinging platform or something. You know, it's it's weird to me that you have to hold down your action button in order to sit Weird. Wasn't there also some interaction in those moments in Ico between the two characters? I think they'd, like, hold hands or something, but I don't think anything major. Well, those brothers weren't holding hands. But yeah, those would have been a good moment for the brothers to kind of relate to each other, and it was really just something that you did in order to look at the scenery. And the scenery looked great, so I'm kind of glad they included them anyway, but I kind of felt like those could have been a little bit of a better moment. The smallest part of the game. What did you guys think about... The puzzle elements of the game. Because the, the first, how 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 spoilery can we be? Can I talk about some more of the story? Are we ready? I think to- we can. So um, the puzzles are very easy. I never encountered a puzzle in this game that left me, you know, consulting a wiki or even really spending more than a couple of minutes figuring out what I was supposed to do. A couple of examples from early in the game are, you know, there's moments where the two brothers have to get across a, uh, you know, a, a farm field. And there's an angry dog and you have to use one brother to distract the dog while the other jumps across something and then repeat that you know the other brother would distract the dog so that the first brother could get across another thing and so on the the puzzles generally play out in these pretty simple easy ways they're not difficult to execute and usually they're not difficult to
1: figure out yeah what generally once there's you know since you only have one action button To me, the the key was figuring out like what items in this moment are actionable. Mm -hmm. And once I have figured that out, I know that the puzzle is centered around that. And it became... They generally were really easy. There was one that I had an issue where I dropped something and I didn't realize I dropped it. There's a key. (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) I remember that. We'll talk about that when we go through the plot a little bit. But yeah, yeah,
0: generally, the brothers each have their own kind of strengths and those usually play heavily in the puzzles. So little bro... Um, they actually have names and I think they were like, and they say them constantly. Uh, we didn't mention Nighy this. was
1: the little brother. Nye and Naya. Daya. I think it was Daya. Naya.
0: Anyway. Naya and Daya. Anyway, whatever it is, the, the brothers are both speaking a nonsense language, kind of on par with the, the talk that the Sims talk. Yeah. Simlish.
1: I wanted to talk about this. I went through a kind of a, a funny internal progression with this so at first i thought it was nonsense so i thought it sounded just like the sims and then i thought it sounded like japanese so i felt like an (laughs) asshole for thinking that their language was sims but it actually turning out to be japanese (laughs) and and then i realized no it actually is nonsense and then i also felt even more like an asshole for (laughs) for thinking the
0: nonsense sounded like japanese
1: the nonsense sounded like japanese so i went through a
0: guys it's actually swedish
1: some inner turmoil. <laughs> no, it sounds more like Japanese than any other language, but it is nonsense. It is
0: nonsense, although you pick out that they're clearly reusing some of the same words in different contexts, so I think yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, and... there's a pattern to it, and it is clear that they have names. So, uh Nai is the younger brother, and um, something that sounded to me like Naya, but maybe it was something else,
1: was the older brother's name. I thought it was Dia with a D. All right. But uh the I thought actually I'm glad we brought that up. I thought that that was an interesting choice because there is a lot of dialogue in this game.
0: Yeah, they talk to each for, other constantly.
1: For, yeah, and there's plenty of cutscenes with dialogue. There's dialogue between other characters, not the little brother and big brother. There's di- there's a lot of dialogue in this game that you are just supposed to interpret. Mhm. And I thought that was a really interesting stylistic choice.
0: It's again, it's something that they might have ripped off from Eco. That's uh, true. Which also had the kind of gibberish language, but in Eco there was virtually no speech whatsoever, and in this they were jibber jabbering just back and forth the whole time.
1: Yeah, but it worked. I mean, you could figure. I mean, you generally knew what. what was going on? Yeah.
0: I, I th- think I learned the word for giant at some point. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an interesting middle way. You know, they could have chosen to have a uh, silent protagonists like you would have in almost every RPG of all time. Um, but when you wanted to build up a relationship between the brothers, you kind of need to have some dialogue. But then the other way of going would have been to have them fully voiced in English um, or maybe whatever language like Swedish and have them subtitled or something. And um, maybe they had an easier time just doing it this way in that they could be more evocative with it rather than descriptive. They could kind of give you a sense that the brothers had a relationship without actually having to uh, have a lot of complex dialogue.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know if it was chosen to be because it was the easy choice. I think it just adds to the whole... The whole world that they live in is so different than than the real world. I thought it was a decision to ha- make them just have their own language. Yeah. And this whole universe is its own universe. And I think it did work. I- I'm kind of glad they went the, way- the route that they did. Yeah, I thought it was... You don't see many games, and I know... You- one of a thousand eco references and i get that but i i mean that's really not the usual way to go and i thought it really fit the just the whole universum
0: mm-hmm. and i think the whole game is really about building up a relationship between the two brothers you really do see these two brothers relationship grow and you get involved in it and i think that's really why this game plays out the way that it does. You know, you you get this full journey for the two brothers to go on so that you can watch their relationship and get involved with both of them emotionally. Especially in the first sequence, the first scene of the game was you going into this town And there's lots to interact with. Lots of people around. Many more people than you'll see throughout most of the rest of the game. A lot of objects that you can interact with. And the brother's characters came out through those interactions. So the little brother was always kind of Dennis the Menacing around. Like, hawking loogies into the town well. uh, Pouring pots of water on sleeping guards. uh, Stuff like that. And the older brother... Was just going around showing people the, the map uh, asking people like where can I
1: find this tree thing that's on the map
0: no he was asking people yeah
1: he was all about the mission yeah um, he was definitely more stoic like you could tell there were times when he would try to have fun with his little brother but for the most part he was like the, we're on a we have a job here to do and, and come on Dude, get it together! Let's go. Which I thought I, I thought it was a really nice relationship between the two of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just interesting to be able to go around to so many different objects and have each of the brothers interact,
1: just to see what they would do. Well, and that played into a part for the gameplay element too, because like so the water, the water, uh, at least one of them that you're mentioning, you know, it's not, this isn't necessarily a puzzle, but it does show that you had to accomplish tasks between the two of them. The, there's a drawbridge, and if you go up with the older brother, he kind of just taps him, the guard. He just taps him, and the guard doesn't wake up. If you do the little brother, he splashes him. The guard gets up and lowers the drawbridge. <laughs> so it just shows you, you almost have to uh, interact with everything with both the brothers because you don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be, and it might be necessary for one of them specifically to interact with it. And we're going to talk through most of the plot after we do our
0: spoiler break. And so I, I want to leave a lot of that for afterwards. Um, but uh, there's a, I would like to talk before we do the spoiler break a little bit about what we've talked a little bit about what we like about the game. I think the game isn't without its flaws. And I thought maybe we could spend a couple minutes talking about the things that maybe the game didn't do so well. Things that maybe the game could have done a little better.
1: My my only thing that I... I, I had two kind of concerns with the game. First of all, I thought the invisible... This is just on like a mechanic side. The invisible walls serve a purpose. Sometimes it was a little uncomfortable. You could get your characters kind of stuck in like a weird little spot. Or... Um, I just or like they would kind of clip a little bit and almost look like they were kind of floating. And I, I thought that probably could have been cleaned up. Yeah. And my other issue is with, with the story. And so I don't really want to get to there yet. Yeah. yeah. I had
0: some issues that were in the story, but the only thing I can discuss pre-story spoiler break is that I had issues with a lot of the models that they used in the game. A lot of the, a lot of the, this is the, the, the meshes, the, the, Yeah, for the video game nerds, this game runs in Unreal Engine, I think it's Unreal Engine 4, and um, it's one of those, if you play a lot of video games, you know when a game is running in this Unreal Engine. You know, you can look at it and tell that it is running in the Unreal Engine, and also the setting and the art can be a little bit generic. It's pretty, but it can Mm -hmm. feel a little samey, and... It also really looks like a lot of other games you might have played. Sometimes I thought it looked a lot like the fable
1: games, for example, in the art style. So, yeah. see, I'm actually going to I agree with you that it looks like other games, but I thought it still I thought it looked great and I thought that was one of the better parts of the game. Maybe some of them were 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 a little samey, but um, without getting too deep into it, the some of the giant stuff was awesome, mm-hmm. and that cave got really oh, cool yeah. in some And spots. I will
0: say that it looks phenomenal for an indie game. I mean, this is an indie game produced by a small developer in Sweden, and yet it really stands out as a visually good-looking game. So when I say it looks a little samey, I'm saying it looks samey with games with budgets that are many times the size of the
1: budget that this game had. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorite parts about this game was how the game looked and I thought that was such a huge element of it. I
0: I just wanted the younger brother's hair to stop moving around like a jellyfish all the time. (laughs) It was just constantly (laughs) it like didn't stop it was was like... blue. He looked pretty goofy He did look like he had a kind of a weird orange like jello mold on his head, that's true and I think they were going for this painterly art style where they didn't need to render each individual strand of hair or anything. And for many things, that worked really well. But the hair in this game looked odd, and there were some other models, like some of the troll stuff, that did look weird, too.
1: Well, that just depends on how you feel about trolls. Gross, disgusting mushroom trolls. I'm a oh, think I don't like them. Friendly, disgusting... Mushroom Trolls.
0: You <laughs> know, likey. Uh,
1: other other issues
0: I had with the game was that it, it was a little repetitive in parts. Um, there were some of the puzzles like, I know how to climb a wall now. I've demonstrated that I know how to climb walls. How many more walls are you going to make me climb? A lot. A lot more walls. I've climbed a, lot, a of lot, lot of walls, of walls. now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, there, there weren't any really challenging puzzles. I could have maybe done with a little bit more of a stretch here and there.
1: What do you guys think? Uh, I kind of already said that I thought the challenge level was fine. And I I still think that. I mean, it probably would have been a really cool game if it was really hard or harder. But I don't think that's what they were going for. And I kind of appreciated the tone that they were, that they were working on on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always down for a tricky puzzle game. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think if I would have gotten like really stuck in this game, I would have been frustrated because I just wanted to see what was next that's true and if i'm if I'm sitting there oh, shit how do I get this door open instead it's like oh, that's how I get the door open that wasn't that bad. I get to see the next scene you know
0: that's true and the game had a lot of the feel of a film to me I guess that makes sense with the director of the game being a film director um, mm-hmm. I never felt the action stop. And I and you don't really die in the game. You know, the game doesn't hold you back. There are some small
1: deaths, but they just set you back (laughs) a few seconds. And there's uh, especially if while grasping onto something, you pause the game for a moment and then forget uh, upon unpausing that you were had your guys very precariously hanging over a ledge and you hit on pause and they just let go. fall. Yeah, that's an high. aspect of the controls that I thought was really
0: strange. It kind of worked because it was part of the the strangeness and interestingness of the controls of this game, but um, the action buttons weren't so much an action button, it used the triggers for all of the actions that you perform in the game. And many of those actions would require you holding down the trigger. So anytime your characters, the two brothers, were grabbing onto and holding anything, you were actually holding down the triggers. Um... Did yeah, that and it make either of you guys tired because it made my fingers hurt. <laughs>
1: uh, I won't. The DualShock Four is a very comfortable controller, and um, I like. I thought they did a good job with that because it kind of it kind of escalates to where you're holding them both at the same time, and it's kind of okay if you let go of one while the other one's going. It, it like the 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 stakes aren't that high if your guy falls, but near the middle end there's a part where you have to really you really have to let go and maneuver the two guys letting go of the action buttons in sequence that if you don't do it correctly they're they're not gonna be alive much longer so i kind of liked it but it i I think it could definitely it probably could have been be more complex but i liked it
0: and i do see that The simplicity of the controls, the simplicity of the puzzles and the, you know, sort of non-challengingness of them and all of those other things are things that might strike a gamer type gamer as a little odd. But they were all in service of the emotional impact of the story. And I think that that worked. So I thought it was a pretty positive experience. Mm -hmm. I definitely enjoyed every minute of it. So do we want to fire off the spoiler break and talk through some of the plot and some of our favorite moments in the game? Break it down for me. All right. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: genitals, Genimals. Genimals. Ladies and genitals.
0: Oh, Jesus. Gelatins and gen- genitals. Gentiles. Let's not say the word gen- genitals on our show anymore. Genitalia. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is your spoiler break. It's done been broken down. So video games, guys. Right. Uh, I had a, I had some thoughts. Let's talk plots.
1: Do we want to go through it chronologically? Let's just kind of. Yeah.
0: Let's talk through the plot. I made some notes. We already discussed the beginning of the game. Yeah, you start off just with a very simple intro. Dad's coughing. He's dying. Dad's coughing. You load him into a death cart. He's got the black lung. Uh, I'm not dead. You load him up into the cart.
1: Yeah, right away you understand the the mechanics of the game. Yes. Because that's how you're introduced to the two of them, is they're carrying their dying father, and you have to maneuver the cart, uh, not very far, but right out of the gates. like, okay, so this is how this game works. I have to control the two of them at the same time. You carry your sick father to the doctor.
0: And the doctor, who seems like a weirdo, um, proclaims him... Completely hopeless, we assume from their gibberish talk, but does hand you a scroll with a picture of a tree on it, and from that we are to derive that you're heading to what I suppose is maybe Yggdrasil, the tree of life. Yeah, L-
1: Norse shit, right? Like that's the that's the tree. Am I right there? Um, I don't know enough about Norse uh, mythology, but that sounds good. Did you watch the movie Thor? You know what? That's like the only one I haven't seen from the uh, Marvel stuff get off so this show that's the second time you've told me because i haven't played uh i go yet i think i tell you to get off this show probably three to four times an episode though so yeah that's also true but yeah i mean it's a tree th- with healing properties that's not a new that's not a new element at all uh but it's just a poorly drawn not even map just really image of it yeah and
0: i looked at that i was like uh there's a lot of trees. It's a crappy <laughs> map and that's why every few feet y- y- the the older brother stops and shows this freaking map to a random person who apparently every everyone else in the world knows exactly where this tree is and can point the direction except the two brothers. Neither of them knows where it is, but everyone else he shows it to, "Oh yeah, yeah. the tree of life. Keep going down this long incredibly uh endless hallway that the game is well well, be fair reagan like the world only goes in two directions
1: (laughs) yeah true there are definitely a lot of people who know where this tree is (laughs) so they trudge on
0: through the town where the uh the actually one of the things i liked best about this early part of the game is that the stakes of the conflict start very low there's a bully with a stick he doesn't want to let you past so your first uh your first puzzles involve getting past the jackass with a stick. I really liked that part, actually.
1: Yeah, and near the end, you're finding your way through an evil cult that's holding spears. So the progression is is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, we're working our way through the town.
0: We uh, make our way out of the town and into the wilderness where you're climbing some, I don't know, Cliffs and stuff. I don't want to move past the town too quickly, because I thought the town was one of the best parts of the game. It really was. Actually, it I was, agree. It was beautiful. There was more interactive than almost any other part of the game. Uh, it felt like you had more freedom to explore than any other part of the game. Although you really didn't. It was It was still a hallway.
1: Yeah, there's just the most amount of other characters in this game. because Because until... Uh, there's some trolls that happen, but there is a long portion of the game where you're where you're basically by yourself until the near end of the game. And this is a very vibrant part of the game. There's stuff going on. There's some really cool um, uh, viewpoints where you can look and see the town and people walking around. There's a bit with a dog. There's a dog. There's some bunnies. There's a pit of bunnies. <laughs> there's a, some sheep. The bunnies were fantastic. Did you get the achievement for the bunnies? I did. I did, but only because you guys, I was uh, they play. You know, these two played it before I did, so I was essentially live texting them throughout my entire playthrough, and so I got a few a uh, few pointers on some of the achievements. Which actually, in hindsight, the achievement thing probably should have gone in the pre spoiler because that's an interesting element of the game, which is basically the kids doing good. All throughout the game. Yeah, there I mean, were.
0: I don't know if I got all of them. In fact, I'm almost certain I didn't. But there were a lot of little opportunities for optional good deeds. And each of those yeah. had an associated achievement. In my case, it was like a Steam achievement. If you're playing this on the Xbox, you would be getting a little Xbox gold, whatever. Yeah. And DS. I, I
1: thought that was a really, really nice little touch. Because, you know, basically in RPG language, it'd be side quests, right? Little baby side mm-hmm. quests that you could do. These are side quests and, that took. 30 seconds,
0: you know, if right. you really knew what you were doing.
1: Yeah, but they were definitely, they required some interpretation. You had to, so like for the bunny one, for example, um, what is it? It's all a bunch of black bunnies making fun of a white bunny. Yeah. And by making fun of, they're just kind of like chasing they're it They're kind around. of
0: ignoring the white bunny. So the, the black bunnies were all playing with each other, and the white bunny seemed kind of left out.
1: Yeah, and if it got near them, they would kind of like, chase it away and you had to watch and and notice that which is something that
0: you may not take the time to do but if you're taking it all in and this game really encourages you to sort of look around and really take it all in because it's beautiful uh, you notice that these bunnies are being dicks to the white bunny
1: yeah and there's a fire pit in the middle not an active fire going but a big kind of ash pit in the middle and the older brother actually just kind of pets the bunny but the little brother will pick him up by the ears so so yeah i'll pick him up by the ears and if you pick up the bunny and drop him in the ash pit he becomes a dark bunny just like the rest of them and you get an achievement for it for because then of course the
0: the white bunny is accepted by the black bunnies because he's no longer you know the man
1: the outcast and that's not exactly the best description of doing good, but there's a lot of little things like that. <laughs> yeah, that one has a that, weird
0: racial angle. Let's ignore
1: that part. Moving on. <laughs> well, no, just like, now you fit in. You're great. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know what was odd
0: to a- and did not produce an achievement was there was those sheep nearby there. Those you could actually take one of the sheep and put the sheep in the fire pit and make a black sheep. No reason, but it did work. Uh, there, there, There is an achievement for that. You didn't yeah. get it. Oh, okay, I think I you didn't did. notice. I think
1: you get the achievement for dropping the sheep in there. You just didn't notice. It's
0: irrelevant. It's not really a
1: good deed. Why not, though? But I thought that was a kind of fun little. Once you recognize that that's an element of the game, you kind of keep your eye, your eyes open for other situations where you might be able to help something or alter something. To get a Steam achievement, yeah, or yeah, and, and
0: honestly, it's it's not the achievement. i I never go for those, but you know, they're they're cute little moments that you can enact in the game, and I really liked that.
1: Yeah, and it helps build the character of the of the two brothers. Mm-hmm. It's like they're on this huge quest to save their father, but along the way, they're doing what they can. This huge three-hour quest at the most. Well. But that's at the scale of the game. It only took three hours to beat, but I really feel like you really do feel like you traveled a long way. You do when definitely, mm-hmm. and 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 that's one of the impressive parts of the game to me. So it's kind of fun that along the way, these two brothers are accomplishing other, albeit smaller, simple, simpler tasks. They're at least doing stuff along their way. Yeah, And I thought that was a really nice little touch. So after you make your way
0: through the town, uh, you're out in the wilderness, and there's a lot of big gaps in the landscape, and uh, fortunately you encounter a gigantic troll with weird mushrooms growing on its back that assist you in making it a- across certain gaps. You know, you're... Uh, he lets you walk across his back uh, to,
1: to cross little bridge areas, that kind of thing. Yeah, he also <laughs> picks you up and throws you. And these kids man they are they are some durable sprinkle. they got some core strength for sure as long as you oh, don't yeah. fall in a pit you're fine don't worry <laughs> yeah they are in shape for sure <laughs> I know Shane that you were not a fan
0: of the character model for the ogre troll dudes. no I thought he was gross oh, uh, yeah. he was super super gross because he has mushrooms growing from his flesh and I'm and I'm sure that's kind of the point because he's a troll but Kind of gross.
1: I think you're a racist. Okay. Racist <laughs> yeah. against people with mushrooms growing out. Some
0: of my best friends have mushrooms growing from their flesh. And <laughs> Shane, uh,
1: I agree with you. I thought he was disgusting. But he was very friendly. And he was the only helpful.
0: troll uh, among many, many trolls in the game that had that problem. I have kind of felt like maybe he's got some kind of weird skin disease. <laughs> You're right, you know, I guess his lady troll, who we encounter very shortly, does not have the mushrooms growing from her gross
1: old flesh. She was fungus-free. And evil, evil, you know, asshole troll didn't have mushrooms growing out of him. He, uh, also was, um, as we were talking about earlier, he's very, very far away from this tree, this, this, this tree that we're searching. He knew right where to go. Of course he did! And, when, whenever we started, uh, I was like, oh, the tree must be nearby. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it from my house. Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to get to the tree and then there's something else. There's another thing that's nope. going on. No, it, it's really far away from the disgusting mushroom troll.
0: So the troll assists you in in getting to some creepy mines, some weird, I would compare them to dwarven mines. that was one of my least favorite parts of the game because that was probably in my in my estimation that was the least inspired environment in the game i don't know i thought it was was all right very uh it i have seen that area and done those puzzles in other games before many times and there are truly original things in this game but that was not one of them
1: i agree with you that it, it felt like um a Lord of the Rings dwarven mine for sure, but I thought the puzzles were were interesting. Again, not difficult, but I thought that they were interesting. It was like a steampunky um, mine shaft that with plenty yeah. of hard, you know, metal hooks and 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 gears. Yeah, and, like and
0: honestly, not a lot to talk about. It's a pretty decent area, but it does culminate in the first what I would kind of term maybe the closest thing this game has to a boss battle, which is that we discover that the reason that the creepy, gross mushroom troll is so sad, he was crying earlier, uh, is that his lady friend is imprisoned for some reason there by some slightly meaner trolls. And uh, we have to rescue her. And by in order to do that, we have to do the whole typical, uh, you know... Uh, what's what's the word for that? It's the kind of boss battle where you have to lure the boss into running headlong into a wall. It's that that old
1: trope. I it, it was very Zelda y where you you make him break the chains off of himself so that you can drop him down a pit. Um, not not a know. not a terrible little boss battle esque
0: scenario, but it was fine. We free the. You know, troll lady, and she goes home with her troll man, and they have yeah. presumably really gross, fungusy troll babies someday, and uh, yeah. good deeds all around.
1: Yeah, and it was in this environment because um, you have to free a troll wife from her troll cage first. <laughs> Can we use the word troll more? Yeah, well, I mean, they're all, everything's trolls, so you have to properly describe it.
0: Welcome to the Trollcast. This is a show where we troll about troll games that'll take you about a troll weekend
1: to troll. So you had to go and grab the troll key to open up the troll cage. And this is where I had my only real, like, I cannot figure this out. It's You, you sneak little brother over and you grab the troll key. And you have to hold the trigger down to to hold on to the key until you get it back to the lock. And I don't know what happened. I thought I I thought he put it in his pocket. Basically, I didn't. I, I either didn't see it or it got it disappeared at some point. So I spent like ten minutes just canvassing the entire. And it's not a big. It's not a big uh, space. What are you retarded? I don't know. I was like, thank you. Thank was, you, Reagan. Thank you. You're such a nice guy. And and probably it wasn't that long, but it felt like that long, where I was like, okay, I got the key. It's in my guy's satchel or whatever, and now I have to do something else in order to...
0: Listen, do- listeners, I'm sorry for using the word, the, the R word, in, in, <laughs> in a derogatory fashion. I am... I am I apologize deeply. I know that's politically incorrect. I've been drinking a Manhattan and I blame it on that. Let's continue with the show.
1: Yeah. So, it's the one time I had to commit hurry curry where I had myself demolished by the uh by the evil troll in order to restart the restart the puzzle and um Get the key proper, and it became way easy.
0: <laughs> but eventually, you made it past that troll, and we make our way out into the world again. And the helpful trolls have successfully helped you in making it out to an area where you uh, you get to, I guess, this sort of like weird, creepy, sciency guy who happens to have a hang glider. That was a weird bit. There was. There was clearly a little side deal thing there with some kind of organ that I couldn't figure out. I didn't even touch that thing. I wasn't sure what that did. The hang glider was awesome. That was a great sequence and a really yeah. good moment to take a look at the world and the beautiful like landscape that they
1: created. So you help the, the science-y guy, the inventor. He's stuck, and it's a relatively simple puzzle. And then you get to hang glide through a cave before getting through the tower. And the hang glider, it's it's an interesting element because it starts out, your brothers are... You have to hold the triggers the whole time for this. That was
0: another moment where my fingers hurt like a mother f-ker. Yeah, Yeah. That's I, because I, you and I use those uh, Logitech game pads that have really, really stiff triggers.
1: Yeah. See, man, the DualShock 4, it's comfortable. Definitely one of my favorite controllers. Triggers like a pillow. It's just, it's contoured just right. But anyway, uh, so I had to download some stupid drivers to make it work on windows, not just drivers, like a third party hack. But anyway, it wasn't difficult by any means, but I thought it was a nice switch up where, so they they have the glider and the brothers are hanging evenly. And so in order to turn the glider, you have to shift the balance of weight by moving the brothers far right or far left, uh, it wasn't tricky, but I I just thought it was, a, it was a nice little... I crashed once or twice,
0: but it wasn't too hard, and it was really pretty. Yeah, exactly. I think I mostly crashed because I was looking
1: around. Yeah, it's that appropriate amount of challenge where you have to be focusing on your characters, but you also have the freedom to just be like, wow, this is really nice. And I was playing most of the game with headphones, and we haven't talked about the music yet. The music wasn't anything astonishing but they did a really nice job with it and it it really added to the serenity of some of the levels and some of the intensity of some of them uh the hang glider was was one of those moments where you could kind of sit back a little bit and just enjoy it oh um i just got a notification
0: dudes now's the time when i have to give my dog his medicine so for the listeners out there um my poor dog got sick this week he uh he hurt his back is that a thing dogs do apparently it is they have backs yeah I uh, woke up one morning and he was acting all strange. Had to take him to the veterinarian and turns out he, uh, he has a problem with one of his discs in his back. Like an old man. So uh, I have to go give him some steroids. Be back in a second.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the listeners really want to hear that. They really want to know if yeah. Reagan's dog. So Reagan's going to listen to this as he's editing it. So... That's a shame. Mm-hmm. No. Alright, well, this is a lot of fun watching Reagan uh, try to get his dog to come over. What are you playing? Puyo Pop Fever. What? Nice.
0: Well, let me press start. Oh, here we go. Alright. I'm in a quick, quick Puyo while we wait. This game is the shit, man. I'm back, dudes. Oh, dude, I-, I already fired up Puyo Pop. Oh, that game is the ship. <laughs> That's what
1: he just said.
0: So, continuing the plot, um, once we uh, once we escape the catacombs and take the glider, we end up in a giant's house. And this giant apparently totally gets off on torturing little, tiny, well, to him, griffins. And they're adorable. Yeah, they're like... Owl griffin. Owl griffin. That was one of my favorite on the list of one of my favorite things about the game is the design of that creature. That creature so, is so cool looking. I actually made a list s- of my favorite creatures in the game, and it was short. It was the griffin, which is amazing. Um, the evil grasping trees that show up a little later. Do you remember those things? Yeah. Yep. The evil grasping trees are so cool. And then finally, the sheep the sheep are amazing they don't have eyes no, the sheep they good. just have wool they look amazing
1: did you interpret it as he was torturing the griffin i or... think he was studying it he had
0: drawings of it and stuff uh, everywhere. yeah
1: I kind of interpreted it as um spoilers for two minutes from now he had this giant had died in the giant war or this giant was gone and that this Griffin was trapped in its cage. Cause the puzzle that you have to do is release the Griffin from the cage and the Griffin is crying terribly. So I thought he had just gotten left in his cage. Not so much that he had been like tortured in his cage.
0: Well, whatever was fucking happening, the Griffin was not happy.
1: No, it well, it was dying. It was in that, it was stuck in that cage for who knows how long. This is one of those ones where the camera really pans out and you get to see how big everything is. There's a lot of um, your brother's scaling large objects. And can I just say,
0: this is like one of my favorite video game tropes ever, is little dude climbing around in gigantic place. Uh, yeah, you know, like I love great. that. Like, even going all the way back to, like, Micro Machines. I don't know if you guys ever played that the Micro Machines racing game where you like yep. race as a tiny car that races around
1: like on a desk. I kind
0: of, I kind of flashed back to Katamari Damacy.
1: Oh man, one of my favorite games of all time, by oh, the yeah. way. The original Katamari.
0: So many games do this, and it's always, it's always fun. I love that
1: trope. It's a great video game trope. They handled it really well, and that was one of my favorite parts about this game. Because so you you traverse through the giant's home, which is in a really beautiful like tower. Basically, you get on top of the the griffin is so happy that you saved its life. It allows you to ride on it uh, across this canyon before landing collapses uh, either. Dead or from exhaustion or who knows what, and you you move on into uh, there's a little bit of, of scenery movement. You get through the the world a little bit before coming on what what I thought was the most unique part of the game. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but you be, you come across the Giants battleground. Oh, I can't think of any other game that has anything even remotely like it. So
0: to set the scene for the listeners, what you're coming across as what we assumed are normal-sized people, um, the brothers, is a battlefield strewn with giant corpses. So presumably there was a war between factions of giants. And uh, you're making your way through a fields strewn with enormous corpses, all arrayed in battle
1: dress. Fresh bleeding corpses. Because the blood is running, and they are all fully formed. And there are some really grisly
0: uh, puzzles that involve, for example, firing a gigantic crossbow into the head of a giant corpse in order to get it to tilt out of the way or tilting a gigantic axe to cut through a giant's foot so that it will clear your path. Some pretty gross stuff.
1: Yeah, and all the while, uh, a river runs through this whole area, and as you are, ba- you know, firing arrows into these these giants or cutting their arms off, blood becomes a part of the river and the river starts running. The river gets red.
0: bloodier and bloodier the farther you progress to yeah, the level. It,
1: and when I was talking earlier about the scale of this game, this is where it really it really started to hit. Like I didn't I did not expect at all for this this element. Like 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 Shane said, like a, a, a cave with like steampunky stuff is is has been done before but I can't think of anything that has been done like this and then to actually have to interact with the dead bodies and just kind of they all got happened to get shot in the arm by the arrow cuz you have or shot in the arm by an arrow cuz you have to push dead bodies around the two of your brothers you have to walk across dead hands and 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 knock over dead heads and all sorts of different stuff to get through it it was all Like gross and beautiful and uh, this was the part of the game where I was like this is truly unique. That was probably the most extraordinarily
0: unique part of the game for sure. And uh, as you progress through it, you get to a point in the game where you discover a sort of a weird cult of to you normal sized people who seem to be kind of congregating in the ruins of this sort of battlefield full of dead corpses, uh, what I really liked about this was that you're you're as you're walking up to it, it's foreshadowed several times. You see a bunch of like weird bloody cave drawings drawn by these guys, and they show foreshadowing these dudes fighting a giant spider, and then the uh the cave drawings show them worshiping a creature with four arms
1: and two legs and two heads. You hear their chanting in the background, and you're kind of trying to put together a puzzle here before finally coming on a group of people your size at a altar with a woman tied to it, and there are streams of blood running through their ceremony. So presumably...
0: Uh, they are about to execute this poor, hapless victim. And so our characters, the brothers, have to rescue her, which they do. And uh, they do this by, of course, standing one on top of the other and impersonating the deity of these uh, creepy cultists by drenching themselves yeah, in blood. And
1: I thought that was one of the most... Uh, that was a pretty unique puzzle. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I played a game where I had to align my two characters under equal rivers of blood have <laughs> them stand on top of each other's shoulders and or one on top of the other shoulders and mimic a deity that was weird bit that was uh, a good one
0: I, I think that happened in gears of war 2 <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're right this is totally derivative so we uh we follow the brothers to uh we follow the two brothers follow their rescued maiden uh to her lair she has you um paddle a boat. I actually thought this was one of the prettier parts of the game. You paddle yeah. the paddle a boat through a sort of ice scape and uh, there's a nice incidental bit there. Another
1: one of the optional good deeds where you can save a penguin. Cute. Oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed that too. There's a, a, a an orca with like wings, kind of like a giant oh, yeah. whale. That was weird. That has I guess if you paddle the boat incorrectly I suppose that it would crush you. I didn't get crushed. It's very difficult to really, truly lose in this game. They treat it as if this orca is a threat to you, though it never actually got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so she she kind of guides you, and she's pretty good herself at, like, she's she's jumping across things, helping you catapult things, and she leads you to a really cool little town.
0: Yeah, that was another interesting and unique situation where you're you're coming into this city that clearly was a city under siege by an army, but the all that's left it's it's as though it froze in a flash and all the attackers have been turned to snowmen.
1: Yeah, and there is an invisible monster. Yes, which, another
0: unique element.
1: Yeah, at first I didn't quite realize what was going on because it kind of barges out of a gate, and I was like... But off to the side a little bit, and you see little footprints... like Not little footprints, but big monster footprints. It's like, is it invisible? What's going on here? And it chases you, and you have to actually hide behind the frozen snowman, and you run with this woman who, again, very deftly makes her way through this village you rescue this girl but
0: she is not baggage she is very helpful she's actually really smart
1: oh yeah she she if it weren't for her i mean the way it's built, you wouldn't get through it at all but you do
0: and once you do you make your way to her lair
1: yeah so this is one of the parts where i i got a little held up because she, again, shows her prowess. And the older brother, who... How old would you guys say he is? Maybe... 17. I was getting Yeah, right in that 16, 17 age range. And she's a, a younger woman. so they kind of... Not hook up, of course, but... They have a smooch at one they point. They kind of kiss a little bit and show and show affection. And he's obviously taken with her. And little brother is is not so happy about them being um i guess taken with each other and she leads him one way whereas younger brother wants to go another way and we have this little cut scene that it's kind of dramatic but it, it's it's a little cliche to to some degree lead them down into the lair naturally lady turns out to be evil monster spider woman
0: yeah let's not gloss over that the lady (laughs) that we just spent the last maybe um quarter of the game with turns into a giant spider great was slightly foreshadowed
1: with some of the cave paintings earlier but i wasn't expecting it no it got me too i i mean i expected to some like they showed little brother like no we should not go this way and older brother being like girl girl." and so it's like (laughs) okay there's no way this is going to go well you know I knew it wasn't going to work out for him just because that's how storytelling works but I did not expect her to turn into a spider. <laughs> they definitely got me on that so one. So she did that. She turned into a spider. And there's a sort of another boss battle thing here.
0: And no matter what you do, and this was frustrating to me because I kind of expected an option to have a, you know, good ending versus bad ending. No matter what you do, um, it turns out little brother is really good at pulling off legs off of giant spider ladies. But uh, no matter what you do, big brother gets stabbed with a
1: poisonous spider thing. Yeah, and there's some really dramatic moments you cart or you assist older brother who's been stabbed right in the middle of the chest with a giant <laughs> spider stab. You help him, you can't tell he might make it. You tumble down through a well or not through a well, sorry, through like a through like a cave and you actually land perfectly right at the tree and little brother climbs to the top of the tree to get the water or I guess healing liquid that's in the heart of the tree and this is when the game takes a real turn and yeah. I frankly was not expecting it and here's the ultimate spoiler of the entire game if you're not playing it older brother is dead.
0: Yeah. He dies big brother, from the big spider brother, wound.
1: Yeah, he just straight dies. I actually tried
0: reloading back to older points in the game and thought maybe there was some way to uh to save his life to get a quote unquote good ending. There's not. Yeah. There's not there's nothing you can do. And they and they draw it out. They make you, you bury him. What did you guys think about the burial oh scene? Oh my gosh. There? That was the most affecting uh thing yeah. about the game to me. It was I was like, really? Wow. I'm just sitting here digging a grave,
1: press press right trigger to dig grave. Yeah. Yeah. And it's slow. The, so the yeah. body it takes is... takes like two
0: minutes, which is a yeah, long time. Yeah, the body is
1: far away from the hole you dig. You have to go over and drag it all the way across. If you hit interact, if you hit the, the trigger when you're not near the body, the little brother falls to his knees crying, and you have to watch him cry and get to his feet and it was it was another moment where that was a truly unique and devastating is a strong word but i did not expect either of these kids to die at any moment and when it happened like even all the way up because you think he's going to get to the top of the tree little brother he's going to get this whatever it is that's going to save the father and he's going to use it to save big brother and nope that's it nope. doesn't so, he
0: have a, a vision of, of doing that
1: like no a, well he has so we kind of we didn't hit that actually yeah little, we didn't talk l- about those little brother has visions multiple times mostly of his dead mother uh, coming back to him and being actually alive. We
0: we've we've omitted a lot about that plot line. Like like the fact that he can't
1: swim. Yeah. We did leave that out. Um Yeah, little
0: Little Bro, very important to many of the puzzles, doesn't swim at all. And so any time that you have to traverse water, older Bro has to swim and little bro has to cling to his back.
1: Yeah, and Little Brother, I always took it as can't swim because he's afraid right because he watched his mother drown it's not so much like a physical limitation right as it is a mental and they do a good job with that near the end but um yeah you have to drag the dead body to the pit you carry it into it and then you have to go to each mound of dirt and flip it into the grave all the while the brother moving slowly. Tired, you just dug a grave, crying. It's very dramatic. Before finally, one of the owl griffins. I think it's the same one. I don't think that the owl actually died. I think he was exhausted and came, came to. I agree. But I guess that's. Um, he uh, flew back, and he because so the whole time they set it up where as you're moving through the puzzles, things behind you are destroyed. Mostly, I think it's just a, a device to keep you from going backwards, but also the whole game. I'm like, how is this? How are these kids going to get back to their dad? <laughs> and so they're screwed. Uh, but fortunately, Owl Griffin. Fortunately, yeah, Owl Griffin comes in and flies him all the way back. And you get kind of a nice little uh, reprise of a lot of the environments you went through as the Owl Griffin flies him back. The little brother has a few moments of triumph where he kind of By himself which you're controlling with just the right stick.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because I thought this was the most emotionally affecting moment of the game and also I can honestly say this is the first time this last moment Once the owl Griffin takes the, the boy home This is the first time I've ever been moved By a video games controls Yeah, oh man Through the whole game, you've been trained that you've got left action button for older bro, right action button for younger bro, and younger bro cannot do things on his own. He cannot swim on his own. He cannot jump to high places on his own. He cannot pull the big levers on his own. And in the last moments of the game, little bro has to do all of those things on his own. He has to swim across a little area. He has to pull a big lever and so on. And if you use his own action button, nothing happens. But if you use his action button plus dead older bro's action button, you feel the vibration of older bro being there. And it works. And I thought that was really the emotional moment that made the game for me was that your experience, like little bro couldn't do all these things before but now older bro isn't there anymore but in a sense he still is because you're using his button to encourage the younger brother to to do the things that he previously couldn't.
1: It showed the growth of the character and we, you know, in RPGs it's always usually about growing your character of course but you don't generally feel an emotional growth for your character you feel a power growth right Mm -hmm. as you play your game by the end of it you're stronger physically than you were before in this game little brother is channeling the emotional side of it and he's able to swim not because he's stronger because he's older but stronger because he can Think about what his older brother did. And I entirely agree with you. It took me a while to figure it out. I was sitting there at the water like, what is going on here? I can't get through. Um, But finally I hit that other button and it kind of slows down and you feel the vibration. And you realize, oh, like that's what I'm supposed to do.
0: And I I thought it was an incredibly emotionally effective moment. And you hear the voice of the brother. Yeah, I think really that that's what this whole game is all about that moment I thought was what makes this game the the moment where the younger brother is all alone, but You as the player Bring in that older brother's controls to support the younger brother and you see that younger brother kind of gain that support and and be able to do things he couldn't do before I thought that was I mean, that was the emotional core of the game for me right there. That moment was what made this game worth playing.
1: Absolutely. And it, it as far as the story goes, you do save your father. The, the younger brother collapses in the doctor's house, delivering the liquid from the tree. <sighs> the father is alive. And then it ends on another down note. Yeah. You... You go to find your... So earlier in the game, you had the opportunity to visit the mother's grave, which is near the, near the house. And now you go up to find your father standing at the mother's grave beside a headstone representing the son's uh, body. Now there's two graves. And together, youngest son and father are sitting there and the father just falls to his knees crying. And it fades out it is a very dark ending it's not really a
0: positive and if you think about it i mean would would we would we really be better off if they hadn't just not gone on their trip at all let the old guy
1: die let the let the two brothers live for what it's worth he did seem like a younger father in his early i don't know 40s 40 so so it's a good trade then no no but that's i think that's something that you're supposed to think about I, I thought about that absolutely near the end. Yeah, like, dad is a broken man. Yeah, his
0: wife has died. And uh, and the younger brother has experienced a lot of
1: death in his life. He's probably a yeah. little
0: bit broken, too.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think if you ask the father, he would say he would have rather died yeah. than his son die. And we, we see the last thing we see
0: is this griffin soaring over... The landscape all around you
1: and uh, off in the distance and just sort of leaves you with a lot of questions. Certainly the tone of the game is somber because of the, the setup. The mother's already dead. The father is sick. These boys are sent on a nearly seemingly impossible quest. But it has so many lighthearted elements and just the way games generally go, you expect it to be a quest that ends positively. And I don't know that you can say that's what happened. I think it they su- succeeded in their goal, but it wasn't really a success. And I can't think of many games that have done that. That coupled with the um, scenery of it, the somewhat interesting controls. I love this game. I thought it was it was unique, it was fun, it was interesting.
0: And what it lacked in some of the areas that we have griped about a little bit are things that you can consider pretty minor when you realize the game takes maybe 3 hours to play. This is this was an emblematic short game. This is the kind of game that you can really pick up and finish in an evening at the most. This is a game that you can totally get through in the space of time that it might take you to watch a long movie. And so I think yeah. because of that, there's a lot of little things about the game that we can forgive in that it really is, it's driving for its emotional impact rather than being a game about about repeatable gameplay. This is a game that yeah. just totally nails the emotional impact even though maybe it doesn't completely nail certain aspects of the gameplay.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we're recording on a Thursday evening. I think I started on Tuesday evening, and I've had very little free time. You know, I was able to fit this. I got home from work, played for 45 minutes. I played it on my lunch break once or twice, and it was done. Oh, yeah. And I played
0: it in straight through in two settings, and um, it was... A satisfying game. Yeah, I played this in one sitting. Yeah, I think my total my total Steam time played was three hours. I played the game two and a half times because I uh, I started it over uh, once immediately after finishing it to uh, play some of the earlier segments, and then I played it a second time to completion when we were preparing for this episode. And in all, I think I have played uh, seven hours, and I played basically two and a half times through. So it's really a, a very short game. And there's a lot of little elements that we haven't talked about. We didn't talk about the wolves. We didn't talk about some of the some of the parts in the middle with uh, the guy hanging himself. There's a lot of little elements we haven't talked about. But it all comes very, very fast, but also with a great flow. So this is definitely a game that I 100% encourage you to pick up and try because you will be able to complete it. In a, in a very small amount of time, but you'll get a truly great emotional experience
1: out of it. I feel like my characters traveled a further distance than most any RPG I can think of. And I played th- for three hours. The way that they move in and out, the way the scale changes, the way things become you become small in a very big world, it just... The, the amount of territory that you traverse in such a short amount of time is astonishing, and it was a huge accomplishment of the game. So it is a beautiful game,
0: and it may have some small flaws in terms of its game design, but I think all of those are overwhelmed by some of its really amazing emotional impact. Um, so where can people find this game?
1: You pick it up on Steam. Well, I played it through,
0: yeah, I played it through Steam on uh, Windows. Yes, and it is Windows only on Steam, which is a bit of a pain because I, I always like when I have the option to play things under Mac OS X because that's easier for me. I don't have to reboot a bunch. But um, it's available for Windows on Steam where it costs fourteen ninety nine. although I've seen it go on sale in essentially every Steam sale. It's not a new game, so you'll find it on sale pretty often. I've seen it as low as three bucks. Yeah, I think I picked up my copy as a part of a bundle of some kind, but um, I don't recall exactly when. You can definitely get this game on the cheap if you keep an eye out, but I'd say it's worth the 15 bucks. Most movie
1: tickets cost 15 bucks these days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um It's the experience of it. The gameplay is is what it is. The experience of the entire thing. $15, easy. Yeah. Now, this game requires a gamepad, um, now it's also
0: available on the Xbox 360 as a part of Xbox uh, Live Arcade, whatever that thing is. So uh, you can pick this game up for what I assume is 15 bucks worth of whatever those Xbox Game Coin
1: BS things are. Tell us how you really feel. Technically, you can play it on your computer using the um, directional pad and ASD w don't don't do that um, get a game pla- gamepad
0: this is yeah, a game where you need one. two sticks in order to properly control the brothers and also it really does convey some information through vibration function so I would make sure you play this game on a gamepad that features a vibrate feature
1: yeah I agree
0: even though it uses it very sparingly there are some moments where it conveys sort of game important information through that vibrate feature so play with that on i'm really glad we got a chance to talk about this game because it's been on my list from the very first few times we talked about planning this podcast this is a very short game it's the kind of game that kind of inspired me to start the short game and i'm really glad we finally got a chance to talk about it
1: yeah. Thank you for providing me the opportunity. I, I, I really enjoyed this game. It was uh, one of the most unique games I've played in a long time. It was fun. It was interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Me too. Me three. What are we playing next? Wow.
0: Let me check. Is it Little Inferno? We're not actually totally sure yet. So. Next week, we'll be doing the uh, interview and chat with the hosts of Watch Out for Fireballs. And I can't wait to talk to those guys because I'm such a huge fan. Thank you to them for coming on our show. But next time, after that, we're going to be doing one or the other of
1: either The Walking Dead Season 1 or Little Inferno. Sounds good to me. I Ever since... Uh... Laura talked about it I've just been really really intrigued by this game yeah now
0: this is a game that Laura particularly mentioned that we should totally check out for the show but also that it's a game that spoilers are going to be a big aspect to it so if you are interested in following up on on Little Inferno and haven't played it I would encourage you to play it before the episode airs because it's going to be a game that we're going to have to fire off that spoiler break pretty early in the episode sounds good to me all right, so thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Short Game. Um, we'll be doing more very soon. So join us next time for the interview with the guys from Watch Out for Fireballs. Uh, you can follow our show on Twitter at underscore short game. And you can follow me personally on Twitter. That's me at Reagan, K R A Y G A N k
1: Nate where can folks find you you can follow me on twitter at Nate stl and if you're interested in listening to any of the music that my band has made that's not lcd sound system you can look uh, check us out uh, follow us on twitter at bear Hive, and that has links to all the good stuff they're pretty decent if you like the indie stuff <laughs> pretty decent mm-hmm. that's
0: really what we're going for And Shane, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at 8BitShane. Where he tweets infrequently about really interesting stuff. Infrequently? I tweet almost every day. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll catch you again on another episode of The Short Game.